0: all right welcome back to the fog dog and baston podcast Uh, i'm joined by my former teammate at drake isaac baston um it's been a long long time probably six seven months um something in that range since we last recorded an episode but we kind of thought it was about time to ramp things back up um we've got a lot to catch up on. Um, it's been a little while and indoor track season is just kind of getting underway. Isaac, you've opened up your season with an 800 uh, last weekend. Um, I'd say it went reasonably well, your first 800 in a long time. How have you been going? How How was it?
1: Uh, I've been doing really well, thanks. Yeah, it has been such a long time since we've last recorded. So much has really happened, like in both of our running careers, really. But I had a pretty average day in the 800. I hadn't raced one in five years, so it was kind of interesting just to, like, get used to the 800, get used to that pace again. But all in all, it was a pretty average day. Um, Pretty disappointed with the time and pretty disappointed to lose. But, I mean, I'm trying one again this next weekend, and, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on it a bit later. But first, let's take you guys back in time, back six months ago, and talk about, Adam, your appendix, your recovery and then kind of your transition from there. So first of all, like what is it like coming back from an appendicitis? I feel like you came back so fast and there was a few strings of bad races in there. And then you just all of a sudden really broke out. Like all you just randomly PR'd and I was like, wait, how is this even possible? I kind of thought I was reading a typo when I first saw the results. It's just absolutely nuts how fast you came back from it. So tell us all about that transition, that journey and kind of where you're at now. Yeah,
0: um, it, I mean, obviously, it kind of came at a really pretty bad time. It was my final, final season at Drake. Um, had a pretty rough, I would say, end to the indoor season, getting ill right before, right before nationals. But that's one of those things; can't really do anything about that. And then the appendix, like towards like the the end of the outdoor season, I guess conference was like two weeks away, and then regionals would have been couple of weeks after that with nationals a couple of weeks after that. Um I felt like I was in decent shape and then just got ill with it. Um to be honest, the last episode we filmed, I had already had my appendix out, but I was still kind of on the slow comeback. So um yeah, it, it was it was definitely rough trying to come back from that. Um there was a few weeks of just like being pretty lazy. I wasn't really allowed to do anything. Um and then i went back to england uh about three or four weeks after having my appendix out um and i raced another couple of weeks after that so it was six weeks post appendix um i ran my first 1500 back um i honestly i thought i was getting into like pretty decent shape like i was running some all right uh kind of three four five hundred meter reps in training um and I thought things were going decently, and then I, I ran a 1500 just to kind of see what shape I was in because I really wanted to race at British Champs, um, and I just got absolutely smacked. I ran 348. I was getting I was getting passed by so many people in the last 200, and there was just nothing I could do about it, and I finished that race. like I've got a long, long way to go, and um, after that, British Champs were a week and a half after. I think they were nine days after that um and I I thought briefly about pulling out but then I just saw what like what have I got to lose like I'm coming back from having my appendix out I might as well just give it a go and see where I'm at um exactly. yeah so that came around I ran at British Champs. I ran um 350 uh in a more tactical race so 350 for the 1500 in it was a slower race so I was actually kind of happier with it but didn't make the final. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, long story short, I then went off to Europe. I signed with Under Armour in this time, um, in that kind of period. Signed with Under Armour, went off to Europe, uh, did a couple of weeks at Altitude with a few guys from Australia, um, Olympian and 333 guy. Jai Edwards, Rory Hunter, who's from Australia, 336. And then Jai Perrett, who's run 145 for the 800. Um so a few really good guys who i was training with um a couple of weeks in the mountains of italy and then came down uh raced in germany and ran 337 so um that was five weeks after um the 348 um so turned it round reasonably well um and yeah ran a ran a pb um actually rest-
1: ran 13 seconds quicker
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah 11 11 seconds but still like oh i guess 13 quicker than british So um (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous kind of wild like but i think honestly i think it was just like coming back from the appendix at 348 it was like i was probably in better shape than that but my body was just like not used to yeah running hard and then um the next few weeks it kind of got more used to the training again and I don't know, I guess, like, the, the muscle memory or whatever came back. Um, and I was able to, like, finish the season reasonably well. I then um, ran one more race in Luxembourg, ran 3.38, and then came back over to America and ran uh two-mile races. I ran 3.57 and then 3.59 and called it a season. Um, and then, yeah, kind of since then, that was, like, that was uh late August, kind of start of September. Um since then really, it's just been full kind of training. Uh, we did six weeks in flagstaff, um, at altitude, uh, just been kind of training through now. So um looking forward to opening up my indoor season. I'll touch a little bit more on that in a few minutes, but um yeah, it's been it's been a while. So how have you been going? You've obviously had a big cross-country season, qualified for Nationals again. was it
1: yeah it was it was all right i mean it's cross-country right like (laughs) i always kind of come into cross-country season with tapered expectations because you have guys like i don't know nico young kai robinson like i mean oh that just one like all of them they they all run like 120 miles a week and they're just doing such big base phases and i'm out here doing my 90 miles a week and still doing speed so yeah take it yeah. with the greatest salt. like I'm just really glad I can continue to like make nationals and show like some sort of consistency yeah. which is great like going into the season I obviously just want to do keep keep the conference title for Drake or at least like because last year we jogged it in together but to get it for myself this time I was like all right like that'd be great just back to back would be cool and yeah. then um and then just like try to qualify for NCAAs again and I did both of those things and then Going into, going into NCAAs, like, I obviously knew I didn't really have a chance to win, but I was kind of hoping for, like, I don't know, like, top 100 or something. Yeah. So, like, not completely embarrassed myself, but... And I'm not going to say I did, like, completely embarrass myself, but it was what definitely a little bit embarrassing coming 190, in. Something? Like, 190-something.
0: Yeah. Horse is absolutely brutal, but then, oh, I mean, 250-odd guys, like, everyone there is just so strong. It's yeah it's just unbelievable how strong the NCAA is now um do you feel like there was a big change from last year you know with with Jay obviously becoming head coach at Drake anyone listening Jay Coliseus head coach at Drake now um he was still kind of well he was head distance coach before but now he's kind of stepped up taking on the head coach role overall um in terms of like training was everything kind of kept the same as what we were doing in fall of 2021
1: yeah everything was reasonably kept the same i think a little bit more like strength and tempo work we went out to um we went out to like one of the the river like where there's a lot of hills and stuff and did those more often or i should say the um the water tower area god i don't know what any of our routes are called i mean for four (laughs) years but but yeah we we went there more often just like did a lot more hills and like a lot more tempo and threshold work but Really, it was kind of kept the same. And, like, I I did a lot of speed work, too, like, casually during the cross-country season. Like, so there would be some workouts where, like, most people would just go do cross-country work. But I would – me and, like, Seth would give – Seth's an 800 runner on our team. We would go do some some speed and some strength and stuff like that. But so, yeah, not, like, completely completely training for cross-country during cross-country, which sounds odd. But, I mean, it's my second-best sport, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, 100% speaking of seth just um quickly touching on uh, touching on it obviously um every year people come and go obviously i left among a few others last year um quite a few new boys and girls on the team how how did everyone kind of settle in everyone you know kind of getting on well and team environment still kind of similar um yeah how how was it kind of losing Losing the seniors and then getting in a lot of new freshmen, have you kind of whipped them into shape?
1: Yeah, it's always the same. Our freshman class this year is really gifted. Like we have that the young Aiden Ramsey who's racing this week, trying to break like four hundred five in the mile, hopefully. And then we got guys like we have a guy from Spain, Juan, who's with Instant Score on our cross country team, kind of came out of nowhere, and he's trying to break like eight twenty in the three k this weekend. So like some quality freshmen, but um. You know how it is. Like these guys, kind of just like burn out at the end of cross country. Like at conference, we were just a little bit past their a little bit past their peak taper wise. It's just it's a long season. Like cross country is a long season for these yeah. for these first year guys, and by the end they start to burn out. But but it overall it went really well. I mean, they did more than any of us are really expecting them to do. But Seth is kind of since you've left, Seth, Seth and Nate, Nate Osterstock and Seth Simonson combined have kind of. I mean, nobody can replace you, but they've yeah. they've kind of like helped do it because uh, Nate's been pushing me during like the longer stuff, like 5Ks, tempos work, uh, like Nate's super solid training partner in that way. And then Seth can sprint like crazy. So when it comes to the sprint work and stuff, Seth can stay with me. So that's kind of unlike me, uh,
0: especially on our indoor track. Anytime we try and rip a few, I don't know, two or three hundreds, you just Something in your arms and I would just be I'd be way back. But no, that's maybe good. it's
1: all the tattoos.
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um no, that's good to hear though. Uh and with conference, Drake ended up second to Bradley. Yeah, we
1: lost by literally two points, I think. Yeah. It was either two or four. Ridiculous.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's tough because so. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Drake runners are more talented. Honestly, I feel like Bradley just have the age. I feel like they've got like five guys who have been at Bradley for about eight years now. So uh it's bound to bound to come to an end. And hopefully Drake can take back that conference cross country uh team title in you know hopefully next season but we'll have to wait and see what yeah. that. uh that might have a lot to do with you uh and where you end up in a year. So um also just yeah had to uh I kind of forgot to touch on it but you at the end of last outdoor obviously made the outdoor NCAA final again an absolutely stacked field um yeah the NCAA you're always going to get that now I guess um but then after that you went on to run at the US World Champs trials um talk us through that pretty huge run in your heat I think you turned a few heads there.
1: Yeah, honestly, like it I I I was just so inconsistent at the end of last year. It was so annoying. Like for during regionals, I felt like I was the fittest I've ever been. And honestly, I I raced both those races tactically like absolute dog crap. Like putting myself in terrible positions constantly, having to move up late in races and close in like fifty two just to get myself into fourth place to make it to nationals, and then. I mean, I did it again. I I did make it to into the NCAA final with racing a little bit better tactically, actually finding a a lane on the inside. I mean, we're six months after and I can still just remember the race in my head. It's crazy how that works. But um in the final, I just I'm I overcompensated for indoor. Like going into the indoor final, I or reflecting on the indoor final, I never made a move. Like I just sat there the whole race, didn't move and finished the race with full energy. And I was like, well, that was the biggest waste of the final ever. Like I got fifth in a race that I probably could have won if I would have just not been an idiot. And so I, I tried to change that. I moved with like 450, 50, 500 to go. And it was just 200 meters too early. Like yeah. as soon as my move was over, I was already getting passed by Wascom on the shoulder and Mario. And I was like, well, I'm literally dead. And there's 200 meters left and these guys can sprint too. And yeah, it just, it just did not pan out. Yeah. Got swallowed up by the whole field. And then going into USA's the next weekend. I was like, all right, like these guys are probably a little better than me and I'm a little bit past my taper. So I'm just going to sit on the back. Like I frequently do in races and just kind of hope they carry me through. And, and Elaine opened up with like 200 meters to go. And on the inside again, I don't know why people keep giving me the inside. It's yeah. so nice, but yeah, but I'll take it every time. Yeah. So I made a move on the inside with like 200 to go and won won the heat got to the U S final and my legs were just complete jello at this yeah. point. Like uh-huh. they were jello in the first round at regional or at, at USA's. I just had a really good day and got a little bit lucky, but yeah, I was definitely past my peak there. And Jay, Jay just told me, he literally said, Hey, if you beat Yard and Goose today, you're going to be in the top three, make the US team. <laughs> I beat Yard and Goose and I got second last. So yeah. Crazy. sometimes Jay's a little bit wrong about his predictions, but. I mean,
0: it goes to show though, he's yards run 333. I think, like, it it just kind of on any given day, like, um, yeah, literally happen, an Olympian, yeah, yeah, make it 21. It just, yeah, it goes to show anything can happen. Um, but I think, yeah, that that heat of yours at USA's was pretty pretty mad. Um, Johnny Gregoric was in there, he's run 349 for the mile, I think, like, um, yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, I can't actually remember
0: because Jonathan
1: Davis was in it too, who's oh, yeah. incredible. Like Hobbs Kessler, who's like the young star. Yeah. He's yeah running pretty well. He was in my heat and um, ten guy. Why can't I think of his Drew Hunter? Yeah, yep, Drew Hunter. Yeah, oh, wow. I, don't know why I was blanking on his name, but yeah, he was in he in my heat too. Well, a I lot think- of like a lot of like guys that have run the standard, but guys that like, I mean, running's just a sport where it's so hard to be consistent so like we're all just kind of up and down all the time and like guys that honestly like if we race that prelim 10 times like there might be a different winner every single time so yeah no
0: 100 it goes but yeah but yeah
1: so while all this was happening while i was running these u.s trials and the u.s finals you were kind of coming back and then starting your races in europe obviously you touched on that a little bit but then like when you signed into under armor and then when your season kind of officially ended because i guess that was like when you started Doing your Under Armour training, like what changes did you notice right away? Going from training with me and training with Jay every day to training with a professional group, training with I don't know three thirty six guys, right? Like with Casey and yeah. just all these guys in your team. What what's the training like? Yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: on the team when I signed, um, Casey, Coma, John Renowicki, and Willie Fink were kind of like, um the main three we've now signed another couple of guys and um a couple of girls have signed as well with the group um and really like I feel like running overall is quite a simple sport you know like not a whole lot is going to change um you know really dramatically from college going into into the pro scene um the main thing was like after finishing the the kind of racing season, coming back from the appendix and embracing that a couple of times in America, um, we kind of took a couple of weeks of just like chill out time, um, you know, went out a bit, like had our fun, um, kind of just relaxed for a bit. Uh, that was for, I, I probably only had about a week fully off. Um, and then it was kind of easing back into like easy running and, uh, the the thing with the pro scene is that everything is so delayed so there isn't anywhere near as much of a focus on being ready for cross-country really at all but then also indoor and outdoor it's kind of like pushed back a little bit um so at drake i feel like from you know even late summer july august um and then in the early fall we were kind of like getting into some quick mile reps like A lot of volume but getting into some quicker stuff like i remember at the start of fall 2021 in college we like ripped seven by a mile on the track um and i would say one of the biggest differences with with joining the team with under armor is like it was a, a very steady build up we were quite careful through kind of september and october kind of steadily building up um getting the volume up not to anything ridiculous i've kind of maxed out at about 85 miles a week um but a lot more kind of longer tempo work and like um i don't know we've we've eased our way into double threshold days um a bit more work in the gym um and yeah i feel like it's been working pretty well like i feel like i'm pretty strong right now but we we haven't touched too much yet on a whole lot of like fast track work um So I'm opening up with a 3K indoor in a week and a half. Um, We've done a couple of like faster track sessions, but um, I think that is one of the kind of key differences between being in college and now being on the pro level. Um, Other than not having to worry about schoolwork, not that I really ever did anyway. um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Is kind of, everything's just kind of pushed back a little bit. So um i would say it's been working really well though like i feel like i'm in a pretty good spot um yeah we'll just kind of have to see how the next few weeks go and um, i'm looking forward to racing indoor i think it'll be hopefully it'll be good and fast yeah
1: take us um take us through a double threshold day because i know you kind of just casually skipped over it but yeah. i mean a lot of people probably have no idea what that is and like isn't that the Jakob Britson training plan yeah i mean yeah. i wouldn't really know but yeah, yeah take us
0: So uh, they're becoming kind of more and more popular. Um, and I don't know, I before, before, you know, joining this group, the guys in this team had never done them. And Corey, our coach had never coached them. Um, and I'd never done them personally either, but double threshold is kind of like a way of getting in a massive load of volume, uh, in the morning and the afternoon on one day. Um, you know, every week or we've been doing like nine day cycles. So it's kind of like every nine days we'll do a big double threshold day where the total volume ends up being like 18 to 20 miles, including warm up and warm down. But 10 to 12 miles of that is kind of at like 450 to five minute miling. Um so as an example, the other day we did um I did four by two K at 450 five-ish average the other morning um and then in the afternoon we did 10 by 1k at 255 um on the track so it's kind of like that's 18k volume just over 11 miles um and it's yeah I mean it's just we'll kind of have to wait and see how I actually go getting into races but um it's just a lot of volume kind of running uh running at kind of threshold pace so um with that hopefully it should get you super super fit and strong um and kind of cramming it all into one day means that then the next couple of days you can kind of really chill out and run super easy um and uh yeah so that that's kind of the basis of it um we'll have to wait and see how the indoor season goes but i know that um running like you know, five minute mile paces, um, feeling pretty good right now. Um, not that if I run a five minute mile pace for a three K I'll be doing anything special, but, um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of benefit in feeling fit and strong, um, from doing lots of threshold work that is slower than race pace. So, um, yeah, we're about to lose our, our zoom. So we'll have to, um, yeah. back in and Perfect keep it going but yeah sounds good all right we're back uh zoom has a 40 minute time limit so we just got kicked out for a minute but we are back um so we've kind of touched on most of the things we planned on covering um kind of yeah my transition into the pro life um but kind of one of the one of the big things that's kind of happening right now is the start of the ncaa indoor season uh We know that last year, 2022, was absolutely hectic. Um, A lot of very fast times. Uh, Bastion, you've already opened up with an 800, uh, 150, and second place um, to an NCAA D2 champion. I think he's multiple-time champion, to be honest. Um, Yeah. Wes Ferguson. Um, So really, really great runner. Uh, Kind of talk us through that a little bit more um, and what you've got coming up.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a great runner, so I I did take the L to him, but obviously that's still not a race that I, I want to be losing, and um a little bit disappointed about it, but going going into that 800, I kind of just wanted to do, start the season off with a sub 150, and just kind of, I don't know, take that weight off my back, I guess, and I didn't do that, and part of it's just because of, honestly, just a huge lack of execution on my end, like, I, I planned on beforehand to go out in like 53 through 400 and I went out in 56 high. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what my brain was thinking. Oh, well actually I do know what I was thinking. I was really nervous going into it just cause it was the first race of the year. And so then I kind of just went to muscle memory and my muscle memory is my mile pace. So mm-hmm. first lap I went out in 29 and I'm like, yeah, well, that's not setting me up real well, is it? And <laughs> Honestly, like it's it's just super annoying because you know that feeling where you're sprinting in the home straight with like 100 meters to go and you're like, man, like I don't have enough real estate to catch this guy. But I literally like I there's nothing I can do because yeah. I like I wasn't even able to try as hard as I could in this race because yeah. I ran it like such an absolute clown. Like, oh, it's yeah. just super, it's just super frustrating. But um, that's so definitely nice. something. Yeah. I mean, obviously the eight hundred yes.
0: isn't your main event and it's your first one in a while. One fifty, like, you know you can run faster and I feel like that's a pretty good spot to be in, you know, as, as it not being your main event with like all of the things you know didn't go perfectly your way. Um, it's kinda it's not a bad spot to be in with uh with, you know, the next few weeks of training and then, you know, the chance to race it again um before you try and rip a fast mile as well
1: yeah yeah so I it's not a terrible spot to be in but next weekend I'm definitely gonna I just I just have to like make that decision that hey like I'm not gonna go out at mile pace I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer it from the start and if I die I die I think a little bit is just fear too because like I've never went out in a race like at 52 or 53 before yeah. so like you just don't really know how your body's gonna respond and it's kind of scary to think about that but but I mean, we're gonna have to give it a whirl if we're ever gonna run a fast eight hundred. So yeah, definitely, it'll be,
0: yeah, I'm sure it'll be a bit of a kind of shock to the system. But yeah, yeah, you're one of those runners who can kind of turn it on and run run pretty fast. And it it seems like this weekend will be the perfect kind of chance to to do that. Um, it'll be Iowa State, uh, just down the road from Drake or up the road. Um, yep. Word on the street is that the Iowa State boys are trying to trying to run pretty fast. So I guess you can just kind of plan on tucking in, um, running the way you like to run, um, tucking in and, you know, hoping that the early pace will kind of set it up nicely for a fast time. And then, you know, in that final kind of two, three, 400, wherever you're feeling good, you can try and put some moves on and run something pretty quick.
1: Yeah. I know for a fact, Jason Gomez is going to be the pacer and he's, a very very good runner himself and uh the pace is supposed to be 51 high 52 low through 400 so it's like hey if I'm if I'm on that right like or even a second off of it and I'm 53 like I'm giving myself a chance to run quick right so um just just need to go out and like get on that pace you know so it's good and and there will be some great Iowa State runners in it as they have literally the top three 800 runners in the country right now on Teefers absolutely ridiculous but um so I would I would assume all three of them will be in it I I know I just heard that Iowa State is loading it I don't know what loading it means but I would assume that means they're putting their best guys in it so yeah either way it'll be a great opportunity to run fast and I'm pretty hyped
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no 100 um so that that is exciting stuff and then with your main event the mile um obviously fifth last year in the final uh indoor in the mile um when can when can we expect to see the mile debut
1: so the mile debut will come a bit after that um this will be my second and last 800 of the year nice. and after this it'll it'll be pretty much miles then um going back to the roots and the iowa state classic will be the opener and then um the valentine's day invite at uh at boston university will be where we really have a crack at it and nice. it'll be my first time on that track and i don't know it I, Jay told me it'll be mostly pros there not a ton of NCAA guys but yeah hoping I can kick some of your pro buddies' asses we will see
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see you some mm. run something pretty pretty fast who knows what it will take this year to actually qualify but um yeah who knows after this weekend you might have a qualifier in the 800 and then in another another couple of weeks um the mile as well so you can kind of Take your pick, um, hopefully. I assume you'll be picking the mile. Um, but it would yep. be kind of nice to have that freedom and get a qualifier in both and just kind of know you have that strength and the speed um for when it comes to to nationals time. Um that, would,
1: that of, would be best case scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I mean it's definitely not out of the realms of possibility, I don't think. Speaking of though, um we've already seen a few pretty fast. NCAA performances this year um Kai Robinson who's from Brisbane in Australia um he's just gone absolutely mad he's sitting at number one in the mile and the 5k right now so based on that I think he could rip a pretty fast 3k as well um I don't think we'll see a triple from him but what what are your thoughts on what it's going to take to qualify for for nationals in in
1: the mile honestly like Yes, Kai ran really fast, but like overall the NCAA seems a little bit slower than it was last year at this point. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I I don't know. And I just like I don't see there being a Music City invite last year where eight people in the same field run 356 or under. Yeah. But I mean the NCAA is the NCAA. It's still hectic. I think it'll still take like 357 low, 356 high, but I don't know if it'll take the 356 point, what were you, 0.5 last 26. year, 0.6? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, it should be at least like 0.3, 0.4 seconds slower, but I'm not going to count it being much slower than that. I'm not going to count it being any slower than it was last year, to be honest, because yeah. you just never know, but yeah. but yeah. I mean, the Washington invite was that just happened this last weekend was kind of the one big meet. A lot of great NCAA runners mostly just, on washington and stanford because their schools are insane powerhouses but yeah and we had some pros there too guys like Central, like henry Wynn was there too i believe and Uh nice yeah just a lot of great pros and yeah you never really know yeah like now's the kind of kind of the time of year where it's really interesting to look at results at the beginning of the season because you can not only see like oh like how i'm doing but you can kind of look at how guys you see as like your competition in the ncaa are doing like yeah. guys like joe waskin who won the championship last year opened a yeah. k and 218 which is obviously a pretty great time and yeah something that i'm looking at like oh like my 800 was 150 like could i have ran a 28 second 200 after yeah, and are. beat a guy like him in that
0: what do you And it's on? like
1: <laughs> i mean always always back yourself right so i yeah. think i could have but yeah i mean that's that's a race like like I mean, you just never know, right? Like, you never know until you're there. But, yeah, like, then in the mile, like, a guy like Kai Robinson going in and and winning against a guy like Nathan Green, who's literally was sixth in the championships last year. And, um, granted, Nathan Green was um, in the same scenario I was a year ago from today, like, breaking that four-minute barrier for the first time. Yeah. Like, you know what that's like? Because didn't he run
0: 339 outdoor or something? 337. He's run. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, breaking four, if he didn't then break four after running 3.37 is like, I think that yeah. would be disappointing, but it, I mean, it's still a, it's a big barrier and it obviously, you know, you, everyone's got to have a reasonable day if they want to break four minutes, even as a 3.37 guy, if, if things don't yeah. go perfectly, like you might not find yourself under that four minute barrier, but um, yeah. yeah, it is really interesting. Like you say, kind of looking at how everyone's going early in the season. Um. Yeah, I don't think many pros have raced yet. But as you say, like Centro, his first race back, 2.22, I think, in that in that one case. So probably, you know, a solid first one back. Um, Nothing crazy for an Olympic champion. But, I mean, he's, you know, had a, a rough time the last couple of years, I guess, really, since, like, the yeah. Olympics, I think. Um, So I think that's his first one back.
1: Not- yeah, after a torn ACL, which is just... Isn't even a running injury. I still like. Yeah. I'd like to know how that happened in the first place. It's kind of yeah. crazy, but yeah. Um, I I just kind of wonder like is the same way I, like your recovery from your appendicitis. I wonder how long it'll take him to get back into like centro shape because obviously yeah. a two twenty two solid. But I mean, when he's in like centro shape, like he's not going to be losing to any NCAA guys. Yeah. Or yeah. when it'll
0: he's in that like Olympic to see, level to see how long it how long it does take to to get back to his best shape if if he ever gets out i mean i will go out on a limb and say i don't think he'll win the 2024 olympics but who knows <laughs> um eight years yeah, Rio, so. it would it would be pretty impressive to see so um yeah
1: yeah but um any anyway i kind of want to i kind of want to ask you because we've been talking about the ncaa for a while and, like things that have been going on with me and the ncaa but what is your schedule going to look like for the year? Where are you? So you're opening up in a week and a half in the 3k. And then are you going to mostly focus on the 3 or are you going to do come back to the mile? Yeah. And after that. Um so my plan
0: at the moment is to run a 3k in just over a week in Boston. Um it's my PB at the moment is 751 from Iowa State where you'll be running an 800 this weekend. Um that was in february 2022 around 751 um my plan after that it's still a little bit up in the air but i really want to go back to england and race at the british indoor champs um probably in 3k and this year there's european indoors and the qualifier for the 3k is 744 flat which is fast but i i mean who knows what i'll run in a week and a half but um i feel like on a perfect day, if I, you know, I'm feeling good and I can go with the pace, and like, if everything goes perfectly, who knows? I I might say this and then run something terrible, but hopefully, um, something like 7:44 is is the kind of time that I don't think is like completely out of my reach. Um, so you can do that easy. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, it is really really quick. Um, but if I If I ran that straight up, um, that would be you know a huge confidence booster. It would kind of show that all the all the training is really paying off and really working. Um, it is hard to know though because we haven't done that much race pace stuff. And the other day we were doing a few six hundreds, and I was really kind of struggling at like sixty four second pace, which is eight flat three k pace. So, um, but I do at the same time I think it just takes a few of those kind of shock, shock to the system type sessions to to get uh that racing feeling back and just kind of get used to being in in pain again um so either way after boston 3k um well i i honestly don't really know where i'll be straight after that it will kind of depend on how this first race goes um if i ran the qualifier i might then race a mile as a tune-up um somewhere before british champs um and if i didn't run it i might try and get into another 3k and try and run it um if i'm like somehow incredibly unfit though i might then try and run a 1500 or a mile and try and be in good shape for that because i I can technically run both the 1500 and the 3k or choose between them at the indoor champs so i feel like my best chance right now is in the 3k but uh, yeah, wow we'll see so honestly I have no idea where I'm gonna be but um that's that's kind of
1: what's going on um a year ago today you were just a straight miler now now you're on the live podcast saying yeah that you're number one is the 3k which is crazy yeah. I I don't know I just feel like I feel like for making
0: a GB team for European indoors my best shot will be in the 3k Because actually, if you don't run the 744 qualifier, you can get in if you've run 750 on world rankings. So I think I'd have to Mm -hmm. break 750 and then, like, you know, beat a few decent guys. And if if I then did really well at British champs, which again is going to be very hard, it will be a strong field. Um, But that is kind of how my road to making a British team for the European indoor champs would would look. but you know, if things don't go well in this first 3K, the 1500 is also an option. Um, I just feel like based on the training I've been doing, the 3K right now is probably um probably where my best chance will be. But
1: we'll see. Yeah. See. Especially when you get to avoid Josh Kerr, Jake Whiteman, and Jake Hayward and some of the best milers uh, in the world. Uh, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. I mean like all from Great Britain. Yeah, British 1500 running, Neil Gourley as well,
0: who's Under Armour. Um, yeah. There's so many guys who have run 333 and faster. There's probably seven, six or seven guys from Great Britain who have run 333 or quicker. Um, Ridiculous. It makes it yeah. very tough. And like, don't get me wrong, even like the 5K is very strong as well. But I do feel like the 1500 is just ridiculous for, for yes just um, so at the moment i feel like for indoor um the 3k and then then outdoor we'll we'll have to wait and see there's no 3k outdoor champs obviously it will be 1500 probably um yeah you know if things are going really well in the longer stuff like if the strength work and um the you know double threshold days are really paying off who knows I let's might- go yeah, might find myself in a 5k at some point, but um we will see about that. Um cross so yeah, that bridge when we get
1: there. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So um
1: cool.
0: Exciting time. Well is there
1: anything else? Anything else you wanna talk about or
0: um I think I think we've covered most most things. Um yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh like, wait, what's what's the goal time for this weekend?
1: This this first 3k? Is that seven forty four?
0: yeah yeah which yeah we'll we'll see but 744 if if the only way i'll be incredibly happy after this first one is if i break 744 if i run i think if i don't pr my pr 751 i'll be disappointed um and if i run between 744 and 751 i'll be happy but i'll be like um a little bit you know, I'll, I'll have wanted more for sure. I think yep. breaking 744 is like the top of what I think is like realistic and achievable right now. Um, and it would be a European indoor qualifier. I would know that I'm really fit and I'm feeling good going into British indoor champs. Um, if I run slower than 751, I'll definitely be disappointed because I feel like I'm fitter than I was running a 3K almost this time last year i should be a little bit stronger um and then yeah if i'm in between 744 and 751 it would be a really good day it will be you know it's, i'm not underestimating how hard it's going to be I'm, um, it's going to be a yeah. shock to the system but um a pr would be a solid day and then you know if if things go perfectly sub 744 would be great so
1: we'll see cool. what about you well, your, well, your sub 744 is the same thing that I feel like sub 148. Like if I'm, if I'm seeing 147 afterwards, like I'm happy. It was a great day. Yeah. And then if I'm anywhere in the 148s, then it's just like, all right, like that was fine. Like it was, it was all right, but like not like super hype, but like not mad about it. Like it was yeah. fine. Yeah. And then anything slower than 148, honestly. And I'll be like, all right, what am I doing? yeah 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 what are we doing out here yeah yeah so so yeah those those are those are both of our goal times obviously we'll probably we'll meet up probably film again right after right after your opening race in Boston and kind of just talk about my 800 your race in Boston and then what we're doing after that yeah and kind of just talk about the rest of the track season then but yeah but honestly we we caught up on so much today we like so much
0: today
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely been, mad but
0: it's been a good but, uh, one
1: thanks thanks for giving it a listen if you did and we'll be we'll be back with more content soon absolutely
0: yeah and if anyone is still listening up to this point let us know if you have any ideas or things you want to you want to talk about or questions if you have questions um that's one thing we did while we were both um at drake together we would answer a few questions sometimes we got roasted on let's run and we'd kind of talk about that kind of thing so if anyone has any points or any questions or any comments um that they want us to talk about or if um you know they have any points that they think should be mentioned um go for it uh so yeah the plan with the podcast obviously we're back um this is our first one in a long time I think uh it's probably not going to be an every single week thing but like kind of whenever we can uh which is kind of what we said from the start I think. Um, and hopefully that's at least, you know, every, every 10 days to two weeks, sometimes every week, it will be whenever, you know, whenever we get around to it and whenever we think that what we have to talk about is actually entertaining enough to make a podcast about. So, yeah,
1: I mean, we're not going to come on here and talk about our, I don't know, something stupid, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. whenever, whenever one of us does something somewhat significant, we'll come on here and talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's every week.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully hopefully we win the Olympics every single week. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Good stuff. All
0: right. It's been a pleasure. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll chat to you again soon.
1: Yep.